Hello and welcome to Ungimmick. Another episode, another week. Uh, we're all very excited to be here. And we are all here. We have Alex Moreau, Connor McDonald, Matthew O'Neill, Sanjeev Vinod, and I'm your host, Gonzalo Souza. It's a pleasure, as always, uh, to be here for another episode of our beautiful podcast. And let's get right into it. Because this week we'll be talking about Steve Martin's badge of honor. Connor, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say all, but many talented performers have at one point in their lives heard the phrase, maybe performing isn't for you. Or, or maybe not that, but something along the lines of ending their career uh, in the entertainment industry. And in his masterclass, Steve Martin, who is a popular actor, writer, comedian, and director, describes this specific negative feedback as the badge of honor. And my question to you all is why? Take it away. You have two hours. <laughs> yeah, you have two hours. You have 45 minutes. Let's just describe why do we think it's called the badge of honor? Well, let me give maybe the first impression I have is that if you perform enough, you're inevitably going to have people that don't like you. And if you don't mm -hmm. perform as much, it's likely that you don't maybe don't haven't found those outliers yet. No matter how good you are, right? There's always someone that hates you. Uh, so maybe the fact of performing enough to the point where that becomes relevant enough just is sort of a staple for how much you've performed. Well, mm -hmm. the way the way I interpreted the way he said it, because actually he says that in not only his masterclass but also just the commercial for his masterclass. Well, yeah, that it's in his masterclass. It's for it's exactly. the commercial for the masterclass. Yeah. Right. So the way I took it as he, <clears throat> excuse me, it's. The badge of honor is sort of like, okay, when I'm successful, now I get to say people didn't believe in me. So it's sort of, it's, it's sort of like a motivator, but also someone, a sign of being resilient. And now you just, mm -hmm. the badge of honor is, look, now I can say people didn't believe in me and I made it. Yeah, and badges are something you wear with pride as well. Yeah, people love Cinderella stories. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to say, America loves a good underdog, right? That's yeah. true. Everyone That's loves true. a good underdog. Yeah, dude. That's true. I mean, it's a fun story to root for the underdog, man. Yeah, and it's also an opportunity for them to give back, maybe, saying, if I was a kid and people didn't believe in me and now I'm here, maybe maybe I can put that out there to make sure that other kids that could mm -hmm. be in the same scenario don't suffer from that. And it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that everyone will make it, but it also gives, it makes sure that we don't have, like, uh, false negatives, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're limiting people that could have made it as opposed to just filtering everyone out. Yes, which is the, the, the way this, our society is, is set in a way. And the United States is very inclusive uh, of the art and of sports. I feel like there's a, there's a big push for that since you're, since you're a kid, since you're in school, especially in high school, you're, you're driven to, to look for arts and, 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 and sports. I, I tend to, to put those two together in that, in that regard. But there's still that pressure to be uh, academic above uh, everything else. Um, I was listening uh, to a podcast the other day, but the podcast is called uh, The Ground Up Show by Matt Diavella. Highly recommend uh, to, to ever. That's my, my recommendation for the week. Uh, and it nice. is that, 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 that pressure that if you, if you go to school uh, or, or college and you're miserable, that's fine because you're going to school and that's the route. But if, if you don't go to school and it doesn't work out for you in some way... Well, then you're an idiot because you should have gone to school. You should have you should have gotten your mm -hmm. bases. You should have done the things. You should have done things the right way. Um, and Completely. well, that's that's something that we'll we'll get to pick apart in in this episode, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so. 
Gonzalo, I'm really glad you brought that up because, uh, I mean, basically I, what I think that's in, what I think the badge of honor is saying is that you're supposed to use that criticism, uh, even though it's negative, you're supposed to use it as a positive and as a driving force to prove like the haters wrong, right? And <laughs> I hate that word, haters. The haters. Oh come on. It's such an easy excuse, right? Oh, the haters. <laughs> haters with know. a Z. No, no, but it, it does true. come down to, <laughs> it comes down to the public perception of performing arts. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not seen as a legitimate job with a steady paycheck. You know, many parents want their children to be successful and live a normal life with a nine to five job. And like they want them to grow up with a white picket fence, you know. But a lot mm -hmm. of the time, these phrases stem from like, I would even say they stem from a place of love, but also a place of fear, you know, mm, for sure. Interesting. Yeah, because it's it's unknown. The yeah. Yeah, performing it arts. It's you don't know when the next when the next gig is going to come, when the next person's going to book you. And it's you, Gonzalo, you were mentioning something about criticism and mm -hmm. how it is a criticism and how it's supposed to motivate you. The way you can look at it to motivate you is, I think, I don't remember who said this. Maybe you guys can remind me who said this, but um, only take criticism from people who have your best interest in mind. And these, a, a person, a random person performing mm -hmm. or not performing, mm -hmm. watching you perform and says, and one person is like, oh, maybe, huh, maybe I'm changing my opinion as I'm speaking. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, qualify me. Go for it. Interesting. No, it's just that at some point, like, not everyone's going to have your best interests at hearts. Like, stati statistically, few yeah. people have your best interests at hearts. Few <laughs> people have your worst interests at hearts. And most people won't really give a shit about you. I mean, that much. They, they're happy if you succeed. They don't really care if you fail. Yeah. Like, realistically. Which makes sense. And, and I think criticism is, po is I'm not going to say positive, but it's fructuous, beneficial. It's beneficial. beneficial. There you go. Yeah. It's beneficial, beneficial from those three categories, but in three very different ways. So I think you should just take a step back and be aware of what the person that you're talking with, what is the category that they stem in. Because mm -hmm. if they just hate you, the, the criticism mm -hmm. isn't the same. You just have to take it a different way that if they love you mm -hmm. or if they're sort of indifferent on a human level. So yeah, it's just, I think, a matter of realizing where it comes from so you can see how to take it. Okay, yeah. interesting. I I feel like my first instinct with that, but maybe we're saying the same thing. I'm not sure. But my first instinct is we should not go the route of trying to evaluate feedback based on the identity of the people who give it because I think you fall into a lot of spirals there because as much as we'd like to be we're pretty pathetic at, at, at telling at identifying interest and also I think my approach would be to take just criticism at face value and then evaluate it for what it is so for example um, listen to your audience in a performance, right? Your audience, I think, would fall into that general middle category of ambivalence, right? They're not necessarily rooting for you. They're not necessarily rooting against you. But some things that they say, like, oh, how did you do that? Okay, now tell me, how did you really do that? Wait, I didn't see when you made the switch. Often innocuous phrases like that can give you a lot of information and insight into your sure. performance. The, the ooze and the ass as well. That's yeah. And the, yeah. and the nothing. Exactly. And the nothing. Silence speaks so much. It but does. just it just uh, maybe maybe go a little deeper on what I said. What I mean is, don't evaluate people. Well, first of all, you just have to evaluate the relationship between you and your mm -hmm. uh, you and them. 
and maybe I mean it more on the positive side because like everyone, like mm. your family and your close friends are very often going to be yes people, like yeah. yes men and yes women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Where And that moment, I think it is a mark of someone that's a little more comfortable himself to go, okay, these people are close to me. Maybe they're not completely objective. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I meant by just realize like if somebody hates you passionately, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little, a little less... It's not in the same direction. Is what I'm gonna say. Not in the same direction as someone that just saw the show, and like liked the show. You know, mm-hmm. liked it, not loved it, not just liked the show, or someone that's really close to you. So there is a little bit of a grain of salt, but yes, I have to agree with you. We are very bad at categorizing people. <laughs> that's a good point. And Connor, I'll go after you. Well, um, I I was gonna say this is it's we're almost getting to uh, a very natural way of getting into the next topic uh, of what I wanted to talk about with this. So Sanjeev, if you have any final final remarks, like just go for it. Spit some wisdom. <laughs> I was going to I was going to try to go back to at least what I interpreted as Steve Martin's intent with that quote, and to me, I think it speaks to an idea of polarization. Uh, I, I believe we've talked about it earlier in this podcast as well. I would credit it to Mark Manson in Models, but it's an idea we see everywhere that you need to be able to polarize. There will be people who love you. There will be people who hate you. And that balance is always better than being kind of liked by everyone. And so to me, that's why having someone who does not believe in you is a badge of honor. Because if everyone agrees with what you're saying, I would go out on a limb and say what you're saying is probably not that important if everyone agrees with it, um, because then to me it adds it adds nothing. Um, that again is a slight pivot, and I want to make sure that I don't take away from what Connor wants to talk about. But I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that because it is kind of a weird idea. If you don't have people disagreeing with you, then you probably need to either become more specific or pivot a little or just think a little deeper. That's a great way of thinking no i love i actually want to expand on that a little bit let's talk about that i just i love the idea of if there are people that hate you there are probably people that love you i think is sort of the vibe it's not true exactly that but that's sort of the idea and harrison greenbaud had a wonderful way of Mm -hmm. saying it right Mm -hmm. and here i'm quoting him and he says you don't want to be vanilla pudding yeah yes that's who it was that's where i couldn't everyone is okay was everyone is okay with having vanilla pudding on their plate but no one will choose vanilla pudding over like a chocolate brownie for anything else yeah <laughs> yeah and like some people, sushi yeah i think he had other examples but he said it in a great way and by the way if you guys have if you're listening and you have any opportunity to listen to harrison greenbaum i think everyone here will, will be he's will hilarious be on the side of absolutely go yeah. listen to and him. a pretty and quite a good magician too great yes. magician yeah great comic Very and good. i i would say great lecturer yes oh really yes, 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 yes. i haven't seen a lecture of his that's awesome you know, it's like it's, you could either be yeah, it was vanilla pudding, everyone likes you, or like he. I think he, I think I remember he called it sushi, where it was like some people really hate you, but then like a bunch of people really love what you're like, what you taste like, and mm-hmm. what you are. But there's some, there are gonna be haters. You know, there are haters. Sorry, Alex. There are gonna be people that don't, <laughs> like you, but a majority of people will like what you taste like. Yes. I want to do an add on. I, I want to do an add on to what Sanjeev was saying. Because you guys know that one of my favorite things to do is to discuss and to argue about mm-hmm. anything and everything. <laughs> the root of this podcast is argumentation discussion. So if you're bringing something out, like you were saying, Sanjeev, and the response is just, yep, well, then the subject just died. 
Yeah. It, it's 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 null. It doesn't mean anything. Now, if you bring something and you spend the next two hours debating it with whoever you're talking, now that has substance. Now that means something. It carries with it some volume of things, whatever it is. But it's it's to some regard valuable. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, if you have your you guys are laughing. I don't know what you're laughing about. But you, if you're bringing that. in a new idea and people have their preconceived notions about that idea, it's going to clash until one sort of comes out on top. If you're yeah. if you're obviously honestly debating it. Right. I have to one small point to make, like and a reference. <laughs> the reference is apply the same exact thing to the script or worse, patter you do with tricks. Mm-hmm. If you uh, say it, I hate that word so t- much. T- yeah, so much, right? God. Take the trick away. Say that thing. If people will just look you in the eyes and go, "Oh, okay," you have to switch that pattern. Please refer to our scripting episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I just to learn like, how to make mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> if people just go, "Oh, okay," you've brought no substance. Mm-hmm. And if what you're saying brings no substance, well, say something else or don't say anything. And just to make a point, I think, uh, especially towards a magic show or a painting or a piece of music or any piece of art, if so, mm-hmm. if like, okay, like it was good, is probably one of the worst compliments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, true. you just saw this thing where people put thousands of hours into learning the intricacy, the technique, the history, the culture, and everything. But his mastery is such everything, and all you have to say is, it was good. Well, you're not doing it right. I think you're not doing it. Or either you're not doing it right, or you're not expressing what you're doing right, right. Mm. That's meta. Okay. Fantastic. Couple of things to add. Um, I love what uh, I love how Alex extended it to scripting. And one rule that came from I think essay writing, um, but applies really well and has pretty few exceptions is take whatever sentence you just wrote and think of the opposite of that sentence. And if no one will say the opposite of it, then this sentence does not need to be said. Um, So I was given this piece of advice with college applications. So if you say something like, I would love to go to UPenn, no one would say in a UPenn essay, I would hate to go to UPenn. And therefore that sentence doesn't need to be said. because If somebody starts their essay like this, it's probably a very interesting essay. Exactly. I would honestly like that essay better than whatever this <laughs> That'd be probably this amazing. Generic. That's a good yeah. essay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick other thing. I just wanted to address my own bias because... Um, we, we all have our own biases, but to the point I made, I am way more on the magic needs to make a point and persuade side of things. And that's my bias. That's where I'm coming from. And if your whole audience is in agreement with you, there's nothing to persuade because you're all on the same side, right? That's why I think that you want people to start like, huh, I don't think that's true. Huh, I think you're kind of wrong about that. And then as the show goes, now you can persuade. Again, it's not about who comes out on top. It's not about whether you sway or not. It's about the action of persuading. That's something that you were doing for yourself and as a gift to this other person. Whether they take it or not, you can agree to disagree. I think it's a beautiful thing to yeah, agree to disagree. Yeah, it's the fluctuation of versus what is or isn't true. Yeah, I think it's just about not being all on the same page of, yeah, we're all, yeah, cool, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, cool. That's I mean, a horrible there, there are moments where it's okay, but I think you also have to examine the intention, right? Are you here to have... If you're just here to just sort of be that sort of null piece of... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're around a table, and especially like a most magician, somebody busts out a, a pack of cards and does mm-hmm. a, I don't know... A-can? A right? I'm going to say... I was about to say A-can, actually. Um, like, 
we're, we're not here to bring intellectual substance culturally. That's true. We're here to showcase something and maybe expand on it later. So in that moment, you're not bringing something. But it's still a performance nonetheless. Now, when you're there formally, you have to bring something. Is it something intellectual? Is it something emotional, etc.? Once again, I just think you have to examine the intent and mm-hmm. just be at peace with whatever it is. And don't be afraid of saying what it is. But yes, I, like I think it. in 95% of scenarios, you have to bring something to the table. And when you're bringing something to the table to make it interesting, a good way to make it more interesting to people is have people think about it, go, mm, or I'm not sure, or that sort of mm-hmm. thing. That's a very interesting approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So uh, with the few minutes we have remaining before the, our next segment, we're going to be able to bring this into the next second half of the podcast a little bit. Um, but I want to talk about the difference between criticism and ridicule, right? Because those are two very different things. And we were starting to get there pretty organically uh, about uh, when uh, talking about criticism and being able to, you know, obviously filter out. Some people are just yes, man. Some people are just out to get you and like, being able to filter that out is very difficult. And I want to talk about ways that we can try to do that with criticism versus ridicule, right? Because those are two, I mean, when you look at them at their core, they are very different things. Are they? Are they? Yeah, yes. I'm with Matt. I, 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 would, I would argue because that they are. I think okay, to Well, me. it's possible, but I mean, one, the obvious definition, which probably wouldn't be true, is one might say that... Uh, criticism is constructive while ridicule is destructive. But mm. considering our relationship, the five of us, I feel like ridicule can be pretty constructive as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's okay. But uh, I would agree with you, considering our relationship. But that that's because there's a pre uh, pre agreed notion Certainly. that yeah. you will you, if you you will be ridiculed. It, yeah, it is, yeah. and, but it's going that, back but that, to what Sanjeev was talking about—filtering people who are versus are not mm-hmm. in good faith. I think intent is the difference, right, between criticism oh, and ridicule. Bringing it back, bringing it back to intent. I mean, isn't, isn't yes, that the intent right? Is different. Isn't that the only thing that's different, though? Well, so so the thing is, okay, so again, we're kind of jumping the gun here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, so basically, what I wanted to do is that criticism and ridicule theoretically can both be the same thing. When you look at it this way, there are. There are, I, but let me let me fact check this. There are, I have my n- notes out. There are 18 different types of criticism. Whoa. Right? I lo- and I didn't All use of Wikipedia. Which Alex Wikipedia has given said us. like 22. <laughs> <laughs> that was not called for. <laughs> you shouldn't have Does done I'm... that. Boom, that's a 19. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Connor. No, it's but... okay. But the. the... <laughs> The argument becomes uh, it's criticism versus criticism, not criticism versus ridicule, right? And the two criticisms that you would have to focus on are constructive criticism and destructive criticism. And it's trying to figure out which is there to hurt you and which is there to help you. Hmm. Well, when addressing um, criticism versus ridicule, what what I see spontaneously is some sort of Venn diagram, right? Mm -hmm. Where there essentially different things but they can overlap they can overlap where you can have some form of ridicule which is very constructive and there you have in in a lot of very expertise heavy domains like cooking and theater where you have examples of these professors being very harsh and sometimes objectively dicks that that make Mm -hmm. people great and i think that it's because they're aiming to land in that 
in that um, overlap. But ridicule, ridicule can be not const uh, not constructive, and not yeah, even not and not even critique at all. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you can also have criticism that isn't ridicule at all. Okay, I think I think I might have a. A, an approach towards a solution and I will say that this is purely based on my interpretation and my usage of the words criticism ridicule yeah, I don't know how this compares to their definitions let's not bother that's too much yeah <laughs> that's true. Um, I we're think the issue that we're running into is the overlap between the words criticism versus ridicule and constructive versus destructive but I think that they're completely different metrics I think criticism versus ridicule is based on intent and constructive versus destructive is based on how you take it. It's constructive if you take it and do something with it, and it's destructive if it if it harms you. While so, criticism and ridicule is on the side of the person providing it, mm. while constructive versus destructive is on the side of the person receiving. So, is, that, it. is it like a four quadrant plot? I am a linguist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matthew. I want to that. <laughs> You, Sanjeev, you win with the best answer that we've ever had on on this podcast. I, I would just add, and essentially it's most of that, but I think there's, like, there there's some cons- some criticism that is, like, you, you the way you take it is also dependent on its inherent qualities. Like, the way, mm-hmm. there's how the, the, That's the intent, which means they, how they think of it, there's how you think of it, but in between there's the bridge. There's the mm-hmm. medium of communication, which is usually speech, right? Mm-hmm. The way the way it's it goes from here to here is very important. Oh, of course, video. I'm sorry. Um, the way it goes from the brain <laughs> to the mouth uh, is very important. Mm-hmm. Then from them from one mouth to the other, I think physics takes care takes care of that. But uh, yeah, I think it's and it's very hard to make criticism interesting and make yeah. sure that you are expressing everything you want to express properly. And so the person doesn't without, get offended without like without being um, destructive. Without uh, how do you say um, trahir our friends? Yeah, betray. Yeah, without that. betraying your intention, being okay, able to express nice. what you express without betraying your intention is really hard. But once, mm. it, if you have that part down, yes, it's essentially what you want to do and how the other person takes that, right? Yeah. Oof. Gentlemen, I I feel bad doing this every single <laughs> every time. time. Oh, every time. Boomy, come on, uh, I'm ready for it. But it is. It's our halfway point. Uh, there's never an organic moment for me mm-hmm. to cut True. this, so I'm, all, I'm always. You I'm... Subscribe to our Patreon. We can finally afford organic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that was funny. That was, was, like for once, we laughed at Matthew's it. jokes. Okay, with this I like that one. opposite day. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna, gonna blur, blur that, that out? out. <laughs> I, I do. I need out. to blur that out. If you're watching yeah, this on YouTube.com/slash/ungimmick. You will see Matthew's hands blurred out with a, <laughs> with a D there, in the There end. is a D. Um, well, uh, I all have the same thing to say every week. So follow us on Instagram. That's at Ungimmick. Follow us on Facebook.com slash Ungimmick. Uh, give us money on Patreon.com slash Ungimmick. <laughs> and you it. can... <laughs> you have the tact of a seven-year-old. <laughs> You're so... They donate. Um... They're donating... Uh, donate, please uh, donate money um, for us to buy fellow. organic Why transitions. Why would people donate to us? Uh, people <laughs> would donate to us because. Um, <laughs> really put him on the spot here. 
<laughs> well, no, it's um, the the donate. Of course, we we make a joke uh, every week, but we we are very passionate about this project and about all, about everything that comes with it, and we are always looking to looking to ways about how to bring it uh, to the next level, how to evolve, how to progress, how to make a gimmick more than just five dudes in their bedrooms. Supporter talking. bonuses will be included soon. Y- yes, mm, thank you, Matthew. Um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, your best way to really link with, with Ungimmick than what we stand for and what, uh, our projects for, for the future are. Uh, that's why people should donate on our Patreon. I feel like that was a very diplomatic way of putting it. That wasn't it. a joke. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> diplomatic. Um, last thing I have to say is please, 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 um, share this with, uh, your friends or with your colleagues or the people that you think will take some value from this podcast. Uh, we want to reach as many people as we can, um, whether people love or hate us, and make sure, throw your criticism our way. Co- make sure come... we're not vanilla pudding, essentially. Yes, that's the worst thing we could be, is vanilla pudding. Um, I, we, I don't think we could ever be vanilla pudding with Alex in here. Uh, <laughs> you do mean? Yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly, pretty vanilla. Okay, if, if, if there is someone <laughs> listening to us, and I hope there is, uh, if, if we're a chocolate cake to one of you out there, we're very glad to do this every week. That's wholesome. That's such a that's a great point. That that's very, it, very wholesome. It is. Well, uh, Alex, since you're already speaking, take away this week's breather crimp. Awesome. Yeah. So breather crimp is um, is a segment where we recommend something that's going on in the magic world, something we want to give a little bit of strength to, and maybe I mean it's quite an unusual way of saying it, but um. These are unprecedented times. <laughs> and in that? these unprecedented times, we have learned to consume social media in a very different way. We, we're probably a little more often. We've just um, consuming digital products a lot more effectively. So I just want to uh, give a shout out to all these Instagram dudes that have been doing Instagram forever and haven't started because of Corona. They've been there forever, and they're the OGs of the Instagram game. Mm-hmm. So, and here I have two of my little favorites. I think most of you will know Slightly Obsessed, Andrew mm-hmm. Frost. Yeah. Uh, he's the OG side guy on Instagram. Some silky smooth sleight of hand. If you just want to watch some pure eye candy and just get absolutely fooled every single time, I would strongly recommend you jump onto his Instagram. It's at Slightly Obsessed, and you figure out how to spell that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was seeing you, Sanjeev. Yeah. And I also want to give a little bit of, uh, of a shout-out to a guy that's not as known, but he does some great job. He just opened his new website. He self-publishes yes! everything. And his name is Rick Holombe. Uh, he's a coin magician. And you see of, of him a little bit on his friend's lecture. He did a lecture at Tricks last year. And he doesn't get, I don't think, enough recognition. He does some great stuff. He makes his own original routines. Beautiful stuff. He has a YouTube channel, Instagram, a website. So go give him some strength. And I said hello. I think it's Holcomb. I'm sorry. I just mispronounced that. And I believe you spell that H-O-L-C-O-M-B-E. So yeah, there you go, guys. I think that's a, that would be a lot of good stuff to watch for. Very nice. Thank you, Alex. That is this week's Breather Crimp. By the way, and... um, don't go telling them you shouldn't make it in the entertainment industry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna steal steal the action back because Matt had a great point. Jeremy Griffith. Uh, Jeremy Griffith is a savage. Is a savage. He's been He's there a forever. Savage. Uh, yeah. Lost I, 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 I should have also mentioned that. 
and, he okay. takes a deck, he shuffles it, and then he doesn't. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. very good at, at many yeah. slides. And you know what? And that's also a good message because I haven't thought of him. And there are probably many other guys which I'm not familiar with or I'm just don't come up to mind. So make sure you're following those hashtags and giving giving those people that have been there forever the strength they deserve and then giving all the, that new blood that's doing some good work mm -hmm. even more. Very good. Okay. Connor Donald, please bring us bring us back uh, to the subject. So, going back to the badge of honor, <laughs> um, that it is something that a lot of people hear, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna say specifically from their parents, right? As I mentioned really? earlier, this is something that people want. Uh, parents, it comes from a place of love and a place from fear, but parents generally want their kids to grow up and become an accountant, a lawyer a dentist, a doctor, nobody, a, I'm not going to say nobody. It is common to hear mm -hmm. people uh, experience negative feedback when telling their parents they want to be a mm -hmm. magician. And, and I want to be able to, yeah. I want to talk about how to handle that criticism that you receive and, and how to turn it into a positive and how to use that as a driving force. That is well, tough. That is tough. That, it is tough, isn't it? Yeah, I'll, it is tough. I'll give a starting point, hopefully, um okay yeah definitely more personal experience here um i lucky to have parents who were decently accepting of magic not very but uh i can say within the asian community at large especially within this area there's no hope or promise given to magic whatsoever as a as a career let alone um in most cases as even and, a productive and not just hobby. magic I'm so sorry to interrupt. The not for magic. This applies to literally anything. If you want to be any sort of artist, singer, entertainer, mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Just keep going. Weirdly, there's this, um, I'll add, there's like a counterpoint to that too, that, um, for example, singing and dance have kind of become mainstream arts in the sense that a lot of the population in, in the area around me is like, oh, colleges like it when you do extracurriculars. Let me do these two extracurriculars and it's kind of gone from being a an uncertain thing to a a mark of stability almost which is even worse for them as art forms i think um but there's a lot like stand-up like magic like slam poetry that are up and coming that people don't understand enough to actually be able to appreciate and regarding how to handle it to me it's again i, I keep reminding myself that it comes from a really good place right parents want stability um, they want their kids to have a better life than they did, which to me is a very admirable notion. And so to me, the way to handle it is, might sound harsh, but get better, man. Just work, work really, really, really hard. Um, work, work really hard because you have to convey to your parents two things. One, that your passion is genuine, that this isn't a passing fling, because especially with arts like magic, I think it's very easy to get into it almost out of an infatuation and then quickly drop it. And it makes perfect sense for parents to be afraid of that. I went through an esports phase. I don't think I would have stuck with that nearly as long as I stuck with magic. And second, I think you need to show them that you are at a level where you will be able to find some sense of stability. And I think that comes from getting really good, taking all the performance opportunities you can get, and starting to market, starting to look at the business side of magic, starting to get those paid gigs. And I think once you provide something that's like, look, I, I promise you something is coming in. There's some cash flow and I promise you it'll increase as I get better. I think that will do a lot to Asuaj, the place where 
people who are intending to support us, like our parents or friends, the place that they're coming from. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's about as good as anyone can say it. And in fact, I just want to add a, a, a third thing in there mm-hmm. is that what sort of did it for me is that my parents, I'm not going to say they weren't supportive because they were, I, as you were saying, tolerating of it. <laughs> but um, th- what really sort of changed their mind was actually seeing me in a show. Mm-hmm. and But not, not one of my first shows, one of my real shows mm-hmm. where the audience was, I mean, it was a, it was a good show, thankfully. And the audience was having a great time, and I good apl- I'm I'm not plugging myself, guys. <laughs> um, no, but what's but the thing is, this is more for magic or any other performance art. But if your parents will sort of see the joy you bring to other people, that could be a factor in them thinking, oh, my kid is doing something that's worthwhile. Interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. But I mean, there's a good and a bad way to do it. First of all, I see a lot of people uh raise the argument of okay but i don't owe them anything i do whatever they want and i think that's Mm -hmm. a very dangerous way of thinking about Mm -hmm. it uh so first of all i would encourage uh, anyone receiving that criticism to to take it to realize why the why's in the house um from there i would also say don't close doors i mean for those guys that are doing magic a little more in the secondary thing they're maybe studying getting a degree as you're doing magic on the side. I think the opposite can very well be done. And even if you intend pursuing magic as a career, why wouldn't you get maybe a business degree or mathematics or linguistics or whatever the hell you want Mm -hmm. to study? Because studying will teach you how to do a certain number of things, but will teach Mm -hmm. you a lot about the world and education and how other people think and that sort of thing. So I would also encourage you to not go, oh, I want to be a professional magician. I'm not going to college, Mm -hmm. which I, I think some people will we'll be better off going to college and some people won't. And there is a, and if you actually uh, uh, have a current stable job and are thinking about going pro, I would encourage you to read uh, a series published by Andy Gladwin. And they you can read them in Genie. Mm-hmm. And it, they're called Going Pro. And he nice. essentially describes why if you are looking to become a professional magician, do not leave your day job. It's a stupid thing to do. And here I'm going to have to put a little bias in here, but I say I think that's absolutely true. You can do 90% of what you were going to do right now. I have to move your ass. Now, let me uh, plug a little bit of personal experience in there. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mom was just happy I was having fun with magic. And my dad really pushed me as a kid to, to learn and to get good at it. Because he always said, if you keep practicing that much, you'll never need to wash a dish as a student during summer. Mm. And you know what? He was right. I never did. I never did. Uh, gig, gigs paid paid my rent and paid everything I needed and gave me that a little extra bit of money so I could uh, sure. go have fun buy more books. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but later, when I was just pursuing it more and more, and suddenly my dad was realizing I was doing shows and I was like, "Whoa, wait a second! Just make sure you're going to use that degree of yours, right?" So there is like, even if it was completely heartfelt and he wanted the best, that sort of that realization going, "Oh shit, he, he's like doing shows for paid customers and he's really like pushing this." Wow. So there is also a thing where also give people the benefit of a doubt. They don't mm-hmm. know what's going in your life, everything you're putting into something. And if they don't know how much you're putting, they're obviously going to go on the safer side, going to assume you're not putting everything. So it's very normal for parents to think like that. So let me let me just close. I've been speaking for a while uh, to <laughs> a- encourage people to have very open talks with their friends, with their parents and honest. You don't need to. You can take all the masks off. Just talk honestly. 
and do what's best for you. And sometimes it's harsh to take. For sure. It is. It's not It's not easy. And we're talking about, uh, we talked about parents. Uh, and what I like about this, all, all five of us will have different experiences yeah. because we're yeah. we're all very different people with very different backgrounds. Um, yes. But even even more than than parents, I I made this comment the first two minutes of the podcast. I didn't know we were uh, we were coming uh, back to this, but it's there's really the um, and w- this podcast appeals more to to an American market, so I don't feel bad saying this. The college in this country is really not uh, for for everybody because yeah. of how how expensive it can be and how it is. And Alex, you touched on that, saying maybe college isn't for you, but maybe it is. And exactly, that, the, yeah. that idea of not closing any doors uh, is something that I, uh, for a while, was, was hard for me to, to come to terms with because I, I want to be a professional magician and that's what I'm, I'm working towards. But at the same time, I am in school. Um, and for a while, I was like, well, do, do, I, do I really uh, need to, to be here? Like, I, I'm getting a degree in, in economics. I, I don't necessarily like it. Um, but I'm doing it and it's going to be something if, if having the opportunity, uh, and I'm very blessed to have that opportunity to, to attend uh, a school mm-hmm. is an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And looking back is an opportunity that I'm very glad I didn't pass up on because even if I become a professional magician, nobody will ever take away, uh, what I learned and maybe I'll never apply debits and credits and whatever else my professor taught me last semester. <laughs> sure. Maybe I won't, but but I, I, w- I will have learned other things and I will have gained uh, and I would have gone through the I would have gone through the steps to be able to say in the end, I've tried this, uh, this being uh, school and I kept this because you're not throwing away magic or whatever art you're doing. You're not throwing away your dance. You're not throwing away your painting. You're not throwing away uh, your, your public speaking. You're not throwing away any of that. Mm-hmm. You can do things concurrently um, and you will have time if you have the drive and the passion, you will have time uh, to do it. So I encourage you, uh, you listener, if you have that opportunity to do more, do as much as you can. Nobody will ever take that away from you. And then you can make a more educated decision and show everybody around you, hey, see, I did this and I did this. I can put both of them side by side and one of them outweighs the other because reasons A, B, and C. Yeah, it, it, it re- it's a really a statement of good faith, which a lot of people yeah. are looking for. And also, it's, sorry for interrupting this super quick, it's a, doing either art or uh, some something like that is a very, very entrepreneurial endeavor in the most literal sense of the word. You are taking it upon yourself, really, to be successful in, in this, if you want to do this as your living. Why not take what you have and build upon, it's like starting a business. Quitting your job to go start a business is so much more dangerous than building a business while you have a job. And it might be more difficult, but if the business doesn't work, you're not screwed. Uh, you should take what you should always take what you have and just build upon it so that you're already one level up. That's just what I wanted to say. Nice, nice. Um, I, I have a few points to make just addressing stuff that everyone said, so I hope I get to all of them. <laughs> um, first, regarding the... I love the point Alex brought up. Uh, parents in general, I think that's something that we should address because we brought it up. Uh, I for sure fall into the 100%, unfortunately, the rebellious category. Like the moment I hear something, every part of me just wants to break it, even when it's completely logical and probably the good thing to do. 
And a quote that I heard recently, which has done a lot of good for me, is from Garrett Thomas. Um, he says, the moment you hear a rule, understand the why behind it so that you know when to break it. That's wow. all that needs to be said about that. I think it's just beautifully said. Um, next, I want to touch on something called skill stacking, which I think is stuff that we've all tangentially touched on. That's cool. Yeah, skill stacking is great. So, um, like Alex mentioned, yes, uh, so a lot of us, are, all of us are in college. Um, I'm going to be getting a PhD, like even... No, Al Alex is a boomer. Sorry, Alex is a... Come he on. has a job. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> Alex, Alex, Alex is out. What Alex, are you, like, in 30? a few months, you'll be back in college. How about what? that? Yes. Okay. Wow. Anyways, anyways. Salty, you can't attend Tana's anyway. magic camp. <laughs> I, am, anyways. I am actually salty. Yeah, we can tell. We know. Uh, <laughs> it's a good opportunity. So, I'm so happy that you guys can attend. We got you, dude. We got you. Yeah. Um, what I meant to say was skill stacking is basically... The point I'm trying to make is for those of you who think you can go just into magic full-time and do nothing else, learn nothing else, be involved in nothing else, I uh, hate to break it to you, it's going to be really hard, if not impossible. I'm it's only saying tough. really hard to and avoid moreover, an absolute. even if it's possible, you are missing so much. You're a sad, sad person. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, even another quote. This is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs says, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And my interpretation of that is, if you have a hobby, a skill, if someone's even forcing you to learn something now, embrace it. Because one, like Gonzalo brought up, great point. Not everyone has that opportunity. And two, you never know how it's going to help you in the future. It's true. You never know. It will come back. And Imagine magicians being your only personality thing. trait. Oh, that's sad. And I would say, unfortunately, it's true for a lot of the people in our craft. And I think that's one thing that's holding us back. Skill stacking is the theory that it's very difficult to be top 1% of a skill. But if you're top 10% of two skills... Now you're probably really close to the top 1% of the intersection of those two skills. Also, you become just a way more interesting person. Um, I'd rather not hear about someone telling me about how, oh, the hand is quicker than the eye. I'd much rather hear about someone saying, oh, here's a parallel I've understood between marine biology and magic. Already I'm like, what? 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 Very interesting. Um, these are all points from all across the board from all of us. But I think the general theme that we've all addressed is... Yes, there is a large push against the pursuit of often unstable hobbies, professions, such as performing arts, such as magic. But there are a lot of avenues that make it just an easier time. Connor, what would you add to that? What uh, would can you I just state? plug a quick something because you said, said it? Go for if it. If you have yeah, the opportunity to, learn basic mathematics. Yeah. Well, I, just I, don't I, stop learning. Don't yeah, stop learning I, in general. I've, I went yeah. really super deep into math as that was everything I did basically for my life apart from magic. And I have who I am now is stems directly from the fact that I understand mathematics mm -hmm. and just that brought a new layer of understanding to my world. And I hope that if honestly, if you have the drive too many people just go, oh, I'm not a math person. Please don't be that person and just mm -hmm. try. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, there are only a few minutes left, and I think we're cutting the assembly because this is just, we're, we're on a roll here. Yeah. But it started I slow, but this is great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is awesome. And, and I want to leave uh, with a couple of points. These are, these are my final remarks uh, for the episode. If you're experiencing this, this, this uh, what we're calling the badge of honor, please just 
sit down with your parents and just explain to them, you know, this, this is something that you want to do. This is something that you're passionate about. And, and if you truly care about it, you need to keep doing it. So, so sit down with them and explain that you, you understand that it's going to be difficult and, and, and this is something that you're willing to accept. But as we said before, don't just completely drop everything else that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can, you have more than enough time. There are 24 hours in a day. You can do more than just magic, you know? Uh, but with that being said, uh, we have your back. Uh, it is our duty as people of the entertainment industry to support our fellow artists, mm-hmm. right? We're all people and we're all striving to achieve the same dream, right? Although obviously they're not the same dream. We're all a magician, uh, painter, actor, director, but but the, the drive and the desire and the want, the dream is there, right? And, and it doesn't matter. We as a performer, we need to have each other's backs. We need to support each other. You know, go to the shows. You know, if you're, I, my, some of my friends are really into music. Some of my friends are really into art, and I, I make sure that I go and I'll repost something that they post on Instagram about their music, or I'll go and listen to their music, right? Because they're doing something, and I'm proud of them for doing what they love, right? And I, and I think that's our duty as a performer. We all need to do that for each other well said very well said gentlemen there you go i'm i'm bringing it to to a close here because i i think we've 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 said everything that that we that we have to say uh connor thank you for for making that last remark let me underline it we are here as uh, entertainers to to support those to support other entertainers uh that's what ungimmick uh is as well or that's what what we want to be uh, our, my little spiel in the middle of the podcast uh, was that that we want to be more than a podcast. We want to be more than just five dudes sitting around talking. So let's make this maybe a little bit more than a podcast. Make this a community. For that, you should come join us on our social media. That would be Instagram, Facebook. That was that was semi smooth. Okay, gave that one to me. That was that was semi okay. That deserves yeah, that some was snaps. Smooth, man. The, the, that okay, was I got some snaps. That's okay. Uh, we do uh, have our assembly to go to, and I'm going to give that to Matthew O'Neill. Uh, Matthew, you are muted on our call. So literally all of the witty comments I just made, I did just completely flew by. You made witty Probably comments? Probably. By us, yeah. By that us, they flew by. Matthew? <laughs> all right. Um, not, don't recall. <laughs> we promise we don't hate you, Matt. It just seems like... <laughs> right, You're making it very easy bullies, to pick on you. This is literally so sad. But okay, anyways... Right, we're talking about a badge of honor. We're talking about someone sort of overcoming a challenge, which is the challenge of, oh, I bet you can't. Essentially, I bet mm-hmm. you can't succeed. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I'm talking, what I'm going to talk about and I'm present to you is the th- is a theme in many, many stories, the theme of the hero's journey, essentially, which is how stories are structured. One of the best versions of it is The Lion King. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it, go see it again. And please see the original and not the the new version. Yes, I haven't seen the new version. There's a new version. Don't. (laughs) There's a new version. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Okay, but anyways, but anyways, the idea of being able to overcome a challenge placed upon you is very um, pervasive. Does it have a negative context? But pervasive amongst many, um, many stories all over the world, and because it's so true, and sort of we want that feeling to be able to overcome the challenges we're presented. 
And not only in movies, like in music, you can you can listen to sure. Tristan and Isolde. I don't know how you Tristan and Isolde, which was composed by. I'm gonna say can, I'm gonna throw myself for a loop. Boss. Say Bach and be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's now, Proper but that's what. Proper crediting I, Alex. Yes, uh, sir. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and also admitting that I don't have it, you know. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you look it up because I, I remember it and I do not want to break this streak uh, because ungimmick the spell U-N-G-I-M-M-I-C-K-E-D that's just for my own pleasure at this it's point true. thank you um, I'm, Alex I'll give you uh, five more seconds to see if you can credit that properly otherwise I am cutting you off and ending this podcast that sounded like a French here's song. my challenge to no, you you can't uh, find it no, no, no I can I can I can Wagner Wagner it's Wagner no, it's Wagner there we go. So sorry well, it took me so long. My bad, my bad. Now that we have proper you crediting. Thought it was Bach. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew it wasn't, but it just stuck in my brain for some reason. Well, gentlemen, with proper crediting, we can end this. Uh, thank you so much for this joining us, uh, everybody. Uh, once again, I, I have so much fun every single time. We were joined today by Alex Moreau, Connor McDonald, Matthew O'Neill, Sanji Vinod. My name is Gonzalo Souza. Join us next week for another episode of on gimmick.